Hey, I'm Anna, and here's a really quick summary of Rhyme, Rhythm and Irony in Ozymandias. So, the poem is 14 lines long, and it's written in iambic pentameter, apart from one line. This means that it's in the form of a sonnet. So, can you think what sonnets usually are about? They're generally, like, love poems, right? So maybe the poet's making a bit of a joke, pointing to Ozymandias' love for himself and his big ego, and kind of the sadness that nobody still loves him or cares about him. Aside from the sonnet, Shelley's also not following a regular rhythm or rhyme scheme. This gives the poem a fragmented or broken feel. Shelley does this to reflect Ozymandias' crumbling power. The rhyme scheme is not Shakespearean or Petrarchan sonnet, so it doesn't quite match up. There's this idea that, right, it's a sonnet, but a Shakespearean or Petrarchan sonnet would have a special rhyme scheme. So the fragmented structure might reflect his shattered power. It's a sonnet, but it's not quite right. It also shows how temporary and breakable human structures and creations can be. You could argue that this rebellious mixing of different sonnet forms echoes the seditious, meaning trying to make people rebel, nature of Shelley's comment on political authority. The break in iambic pentameter is in line 10, Ozymandias' voice. This is special, right, because he's speaking. Maybe this reflects the king's belief that he's above the law, or really that he doesn't fit in with the world that he's imagined he actually exists in. The use of enjambment, which is when a sentence or a thought runs past the end of the next line, the end of the line into the next line, and a cesura, a break in the line, such as the full stop after remains, throughout the poem, contributes to a sense of fragmentation as well. It mirrors the broken statue and the way that Ozymandias' power has crumbled. Finally, there's also a strong sense of irony in the poem. Ozymandias seems to believe his power will be immortal, but instead it crumbles. Shelley kind of satirises the statue to mock Ozymandias. Ozymandias uses this really authoritative tone. He commissioned the statue to make sure he was immortalised in people's memories. But instead, he's surrounded by a boundless and bare desert and seen by no one. Those who do see him are only reminded of how his power crumbled, just like his statue. This is also a second-hand account. The speaker is telling a story that was told to him. This highlights how insignificant Ozymandias has now become and how few people have actually seen for himself, themselves how, you know, the statue that he created to be immortalised by. The second-hand nature of it also might imply that, kind of, this is what Ozymandias has become known for, which is really sad. He really wanted to be known for being, you know, super significant, super famous, and instead, he's only known for the fact that he's been forgotten. That's a really quick summary and the end of my Ozymandias videos. Tune in next time when we look at another poem from the collection. Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope it was useful for your learning. Make sure you consolidate your knowledge by clicking the link in the bio to be taken to the free online course. Good luck with your studies!